an interesting thing that comes out when we hang out is that like I see a very different perspective from another white female yeah. 24 year old girl just you know like me and I'm like wow she sees things and lives things a hundred times differently mm -hmm. than me even though we do a lot of the same stuff welcome to life and living radio a podcast entirely created and produced by me Emily Jordan I'm a writer artist health and lifestyle coach and most of all I want to be a source of all things life and living for you here. Thoughts, motivation, positivity, health hacks, and lifestyle tips in easy listening form is what I want to give to you through this podcast. To subscribe to the Life and Living blog, the source of all the content you'll hear from me here, go to www.emilyjordan.me blog. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with today's episode. Hey, all my Life and Living radio friends. Welcome to the second episode of Life and Living with You, the guest portion of Life and Living radio where I interview people in my life for the sole purpose of highlighting who they are in a way that can teach you something and entertain you along the way. So that being said, today's guest is 100% herself on the show, which is the entire point, but that means that we may or may not be slinging a couple curse words. So I just wanted to warn you about that in advance. Um, actually, one of the greatest things about this guest is that she, in my opinion, is really clear on who she is, what she stands for, and what she believes in. So she was really an awesome guest to have. She was a really easy person to interview, not just because she and I can talk for hours, but because since she knows herself so well and is just really clear about the things she feels and believes. We got into some really great discussions here that went so much differently than I imagined, um, just like the first episode of Life and Living with You, which is awesome. I definitely pre-write and plan the questions that I want to ask people, but this interview took a ton of side roads. We went down a ton of different routes that um, I did not anticipate, so I'm super pumped to share this with you. Surprise gay stuff is the best like, thing that you can invite me up to your bedroom to do. Okay, whoa. Well, Emily invited me up and, and then we did, we did surprise gay this. stuff. We're gonna make sure we come out with a really clean Great. image Great. on this. I, I want you to know that I went through all your questions and I answered them in full detail in a Google document. We are all born with privileges that we cannot help, but mm -hmm. it is your responsibility when you have a privilege, when you have something, to fix it and to turn it around for other people who aren't okay. in that position. Without further ado, the guest for today is my birthday twin, and she's a very close friend of mine that I met here in New Orleans only recently, despite having gone to LSU at the same time and having multiple friends in common. I don't know how our paths never crossed in undergrad, um, but when I think of someone who would be an interesting, fun, entertaining, and also just highly beneficial guest for the podcast, this girl comes to mind immediately. Um, she has so much life knowledge to offer and just also a very unique perspective on things, which we're totally gonna get into. But first, let me do my best to introduce her to you before we get started. Today's guest is Sydney Blanchard. Um, Sydney is so many things, she's kind of hard to describe, but you are going to get a great feel for who she is through this interview. But just to give you the best intro that I can and to kind of prep you for what this interview is going to be about, here are four things that Sydney Blanchard is. Um, number one, she is a freelance writer. 
Number two, she is a Leo, which is super important to note if you're into astrology and horoscopes and things like that, because she's a super strong Leo like me. Uh, Number three, she is hilarious. And number four, she's a lesbian, which is a totally vital piece of information here because this interview is going to cover her freelancing and her career and her millennial life advice and intelligence, but it's also going to get real deep into the topic of all things LGBTQ because number one, I think this is important for people to be informed about and just talk about in general and stop being so like hush hush about it, like it's some secretive dirty thing. And number two, because it's obviously a huge part of who Sydney is. And the entire point of the Life and Living With You segment of the podcast is to bring people on and highlight who they are. So the LGBTQ community is obviously a huge part of who Sydney is. We're going to start the interview with a really good and I think helpful discussion on Sydney's kind of professional life and career journey and the things that a lot of us millennials are struggling with in terms of job hunting and job satisfaction. And then we are going to talk about the LGBTQ community and get Sydney's perspective on things as a member of that community because like I said she has a super unique perspective that I want to take full advantage of in this interview because I think it's important to hear from people who are different than us and hear from people who believe and see differently than us. And then at the end of the interview, we are going to put Sydney on the spot with some questions I did not warn her about. These are questions that the general public might be too afraid to ask or that maybe I am just curious about. This is also who Sydney is, though. She's brutally honest. She's fiercely authentic. So she's the perfect person to handle these types of questions for us. Obviously, Sydney is so much more than just a lesbian. She's a freelance writer and a comedian all rolled into one. So sit back and get ready for a hilarious, entertaining, unique, and also very educational interview with Miss Sydney Blanchard. First question, I want you to tell us what you do. And I'm asking this for two reasons. One, because we need people to know what you do. And because you and I are like, you know, creative entrepreneur people. And I am going through a time right now where I'm like super insecure about telling people what I do. Like when people say, what do you do? I'm like, I have no good answer. So tell me your good answer because you have a good answer. And I want people to know what you do. What you do, Sydney? That's a very good question. And as you mentioned, you know, like my answer honestly varies depending on like what the context is, who's asking me, like, all that stuff. Yes. So normally, if it's just like a, hey, I'm sitting, nice to meet you, and someone's like, oh, great, what do you do? Right. My, like, one sentence is, I'm a writer. Okay. You really say that? Yeah. I would, you know, I never, ever, that's never in the description of what I do to people, even though that's a solid 90% of what I do, like writing podcasts, writing totally. blogs, like everything. Never mention I'm a writer. I don't know why. I guess that is audience dependent for me, too. Right. But I guess actually not, because I never say it. Never. And then if people are like, oh, what kind of writing do you do? What do you say? Well, it... That I, depends, too. That depends, too. I mean, like, it also, to, to touch back on what you just said, like, I it took me until I graduated college with a degree in journalism before I felt comfortable telling people I am a writer. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, <laughs> I'm a writer. And I'm like, cool, so you write poems? Like, right. what do like, you do? what like, do you do? Yeah. What do you do? So, I, like... I'm very I feel like yours counts because it. you get paid to write. Right, literally, that's my, you know, that is my barometer. Yeah. Yes. Are you getting a check for the work that you are writing? And I think that's why I am so self-conscious about telling people what I do because I currently only get a check for like 
two things, yeah. you know? So I'm like, I guess I can only say the two things I get paid for when people say, what do you do? But that's not anyway, really true. I mean, but that's how, you know, like, that's how I feel in my yeah, head. Yeah. So. Well, I, so I say that I'm a writer and then I'll also, I'll follow it up by saying something like, well, I, I'm a freelance writer. I work for myself full time. Um, I have a number of clients and that sounds professional. A lot of my clients, I do social media writing for. I do blog writing, and okay. in addition to that, I do stories for print and digital media outlets. Okay, but that's a good answer. Okay, um, good. Not to judge your answers or anything, <laughs> but and is that obviously you said you majored in journalism, so you did want to do writing? But is this what you're doing now? Like, was that your career path? You anticipated? No. no. What did you want to do? I didn't know that. Not at all. I. I went to school for journalism, and I wanted to be a journalist. And, and do, like, what kind of journalism? Well, yeah. So, I when I went to school, I really, like, a lot of the writing that I focused on did a lot of was, like, what they call, like, long-form writing okay. about, like, feature, like, feature story writing. Okay. So, like, in-depth interviews with people about, like kind of heart-wrenching stuff or, like, drug abuse or, like, okay. basically t- taking, like, a big issue and, like, digging into stuff, it. Though. Right, okay. exactly, yes. exactly. I guess all journalism would be not. All journalism okay. is not. Okay, that was a dumb question on my part. But. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought that I'd be working for, like, a magazine as, like, an editor or, like, a managing editor and, like, helping come up with what would be in that magazine and also, like, writing stories about just, like, stuff that interested me. Yeah. So... Because things, quote, didn't go to plan, are you like, I still would like to do that stuff? Or, like, I'm glad that I figured out an alternative? Like, Well, I still get to do that. And that's okay. actually, like, I will always have that love. And I will always have that, like, passion in my heart for that. Because it's what I set out to do. And, mm-hmm. like, it's I spent four years learning how to do that specific thing yeah, really yeah. well. Yes. So I'm never going to not want to do it. the aggravating part is you spend four years learning how to do a very specific thing supposedly very well mm-hmm. and then if you get out, when you get out in the real world, which is what happens to most of us, you don't end up doing it. So it's like, how do you, do you just say, okay, I didn't actually want to do that or like I figured out actually what I do want to do. Are you still aiming towards that? Like I try to you know, <laughs> justify that with what I did too, you know? Yeah, I think um, I definitely like wanted to be a journalist and I just circumstantially like not only is the, was the economy really bad when yeah. I was graduating but literally I graduated right when there was like a huge bust in journalism like there Meaning. were newspapers closing entire mm. staffs got fired basically the concept of being a staff writer at a publication was no more but what what sucks about it is that no one is being hired full time yeah so it's not True. a valid it's just for career. like piece work like, right okay. it's, it's a it's a piece here and there or you're a contractor or a freelancer within okay well so then that, in that case i'm like well there's no security there yes and and i and I, of course like why did i think like journalism that would be a secure right. career field well, anything in the arts really sure. is just like yeah so but i definitely thought that was like gonna be a steady and smart thing for me and then truly like as i was graduating the industry was changing so much and i mean like twitter really like pulled the rug out from under a lot of like new, breaking news kind True. of things yeah, because just, now everyone's a publisher right like yeah. you can write an article yes. you can take a picture and post it you can like do mm-hmm. live video and you the dispersing of all that is obviously so much easier now too yeah yeah, yeah. so it kind of yeah. like it was there was a big shakeup, and a lot of people felt really uneasy about it a lot of newspapers couldn't keep up with it and didn't know how to like change for the times and so truly like weren't able to hire people and I yeah. a lot of my friends that I graduated with actually of all the people that I graduated with in my class I might be the one like how many are actually writers or and or in journalism Me. yeah one yeah literally I I like don't really give myself a whole lot of credit about that but I ran into I always run into this guy that I graduated with and he's always like oh my god like of all the people who graduated with you're the only one who's writing <laughs> yeah like you're the only one who's writing Aww. 
And it's, like, gut-wrenching. It is, and it's just so interesting about college degrees. Like, when you're in college, you're obsessed with your degree, and mm-hmm. you're like, this, because I'm studying this, this is what I have to do and what I'm going to do forever. And totally. now I'm, like, looking back, I'm like, really? How naive? And, like, I wish that I could have shook my little 21-year-old heart and been like, yeah, right, enjoy it now. But, like, it's yep. not, you're not trapping yourself into something, you know? Yep. Okay. So then do you like what you do? Yes. Overall, yes? Yes. Okay. Overall, yes. Okay. I think I definitely, like, like any job... There's pros and cons. Right. And then how did you find this if it's not what you, like, set out for? And it is, like, like you said, you just do pieces Mm -hmm. here and there. So how did you get into doing, like, freelance stuff? That's a very good question. And (laughs) it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to give you the shorter version. Is that possible for us? Yes. Do we have short versions of our stories? Yes. Get ready. Buckle up. All right. Hold on to your butt. Let's go. (laughs) Hold on to your butt. So I graduated college in May 2015. Okay. And at that time, I was interning with a local food blogger and chef named Jada Cody. Okay. And I had been interning there, and I had been applying for other jobs, but I didn't really know, like, what I wanted to do or if I wanted to move or if I wanted to stay in Baton Rouge or, like, what I want to do. And so when graduation time came and it came time for me to, like, get a job, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Jay actually, like, offered me a job. And he was like, I, you know, I didn't think I was really ready to, like, grow my team. But, like, you're the exception. And, like, we've never hired an intern before. But, like, do you want to come on full time? Cool. And I was like, heck yeah. Right. I'm not going to even, like, tell you what the pay was because it was so bad. I didn't even ask whenever I got a job. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'll work there. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I Well, at that point, I was like, well, you know, I don't know what I want to do. And I already know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool job. I mean, like, I got to travel. I got to, like, eat all kinds of incredible food. I got to write about it. I got to, like, meet, yes. like, chefs and people in the wine industry and people in the tourism industry. And, like, that actually, that time in my life made me really, like, grow to appreciate and love Baton Rouge, which mm-hmm. is where I'm from originally. And I didn't have the best or strongest positive feelings about Baton Rouge sure, yeah. until that job. Mm-hmm. But writing about and covering the food scene there, um, and my technical role was content sheriff and warden of the web. So it's basically that's a, a real job title, or was that like something we made cutesy? It up. Okay, I was like content sheriff. We made it up. Warden of the web. We all had like really like stupid. Okay, I was job about to say, titles. is that like I'm a content sheriff, or is that only like within the Fame. company you use that? Okay, yes. okay. Only within bite moves that make yes. any damn sense. Um, but yeah, so basically, my job was writing a lot of like writing three to five blog posts per week, running multiple social media channels that were that we had okay and um just like other odds and ends of running a small business and that was a really interesting experience um to work like that hands-on in so many different roles with a small business but very quickly like it was just becoming not sustainable for me financially and even though jay was great and like offered me a raise and gave me a raise Mm -hmm. it just still like wasn't really cutting yeah so i decided that without any other plan at all I was like, like would go, yes. Like I was like, I will just quit this job and I will see what else is out there. And so I quit and I reached out to a bunch of contacts and I was just like, I'm looking for work and I'm like, I don't even know what freelance. I guess because you were in journalism, you knew what it was. I didn't even know what freelancing was. Oh, I knew like I knew what that was always. Okay. Well, because I also have a minor in English, so like. That is a conversation that I had a lot with yeah. classmates and professors. Was okay. like them preparing us for. So you knew well enough by that point to like look for a freelance job. Like, is that what you said? No. Like mm, Craigslist freelance? Job. Do people look for jobs on Craigslist? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that I got some com. gigs on Craigslist, okay. but basically, I was essentially like 
unemployed yeah. for like five months and, and doing the whole like hoping people knew people who knew people right kind of thing. Okay. yes exactly and I so and I was and I was in a real I was having a real crisis because I had graduated in journalism and then I had gone into this job doing a lot of like blogging and social media stuff and I was like yeah I don't know if that's what I really wanted to do but I definitely didn't feel like there were magazine jobs and so I was looking into everything from like real estate to like sales jobs to like food and beverage did you stuff. feel any like uh, I don't know the word for it but like not betrayal of your degree, but, like, after you spend so much time and money getting a degree and then getting a job kind of in something else, did you feel like, I have to keep looking for a journalism job, or were you not really attached to it at all? I wasn't really attached to it at all by that point. Okay. And I didn't... I think betrayal I think a lot of people feel bad. You know, they're yeah. like, I have a, like, psychology degree. I have to do something in psychology, or I have, like, an education degree. I have to be a teacher type of thing. Mm-hmm. And they feel bad, like completely branching out into a new area, even though that's totally a thing. So I, I would say that, like, the work that I was looking for was very, like, tangential and, like, related to journalism. And that was, I mean, I, there, there was never any choice for me at all other than, like, I have to write. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. It's the only thing I really love. Like, no matter what job I was going to get, it was going to involve okay. writing in some way yeah. or communicating in some yes. way. Okay. Those were the things that I loved the most. And, ma- you know, journalism is a mass communications degree. Mm-hmm. Like... So I wasn't really even looking, and uh, the governor, actually, a couple of my friends worked for the governor, and they were looking for a communications person. I interviewed over there, and they really liked me, and the person who was leaving that role ended up deciding, basically, I was told, like, you have this job. Okay. And I was like, great, thank God I quit my job. Like, yeah. I'm about to have a new job, and it's going to be really cool working for the governor, like, the first Democratic governor in mm-hmm. Louisiana, like, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, heck Yes. Um, and the guy who was leaving the position that I was meant to fill decided to stay. Uh, oh, and then for two weeks, they just, like, didn't tell me anything. And I was just like, okay, I'm still unemployed. Yeah, like, still unemployed. And, and fortunately, I was able to, at that time, because everybody always asked me this. They're like, how are you able to just, like, quit your job and be unemployed? I was able to quit my job and be unemployed because the entire time I was working with Bite and Booze, I was saving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for six months after I graduated, I lived at home. I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to have that opportunity. Yeah. Live with my dad, so I didn't pay any bills. I mean, I scrimped and I saved because, I mean, money has always been a really, like, my family's always been really great with money. Like, mm-hmm. my parents don't make a whole lot, but have always been really but great at managing living. money. Yes. And yeah. so they've always instilled that in me. And so I just knew that my, and I'm that's something that's really helped me as a freelancer now is when money's coming in, save it. Yeah. Because there might be times when money is not Very coming true. in. Good point. Yeah. So I was able to, like, pay my bills, pay my rent, feed myself. I lived on a very tight budget, but I managed to make it work for, like, about five months when I really wasn't making anything Mm -hmm. at all. During that time, I was just kind of depressed and, like, uh. And just in my random Facebook postings being, like, anybody know who's hiring? Yeah. Um, A woman that I had met through my previous job with Bite and Booze, um, she worked for a digital marketing agency based in Alabama. Okay. And she was like, hey, I really loved meeting you when you came to Alabama, like, my company is always looking for freelancers. If you'd be interested, we would need people who do social media writing. I know you're good at that. At the time, I did not even know that existed. You're like, yes, really good at it. I was it. like, Never what do you it. mean social media <laughs> writing? Like, yeah. Was that even, like, okay. <laughs> and then basically they kind of got me involved and they gave me two really big clients to start off with, which was Lulu's Restaurants, both in Gulf Shores and Destin. Okay. Which is Jimmy Buffett's sister's restaurant chain. Yes. I know there's one in Destin. Yes, there is. And there's okay. one in Myrtle Beach about to open, oh, too. Oh, nice, Jimmy. The okay, Empire is growing. Yes, all right. So, yeah. So, I started with those accounts. And that was, like, a little bit of money in my pocket. And then the more I did it, I was able to do it really well. And mm-hmm. they really liked what I could do. And they gave me more and more and more. And very quickly, my little, like, I'm just doing this until I figure out something better. Yeah. Turned into... 
oh man, I'm making more money doing this and working less than I ever right. did yeah. when I worked with Jay. And okay. So that was my real moment of, oh, like maybe this isn't a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe like I'm going to do this full time. Yeah. Okay, so you just made that sound super enticing, which is a good segue into my next question. (laughs) If people want to get into this, how do people become freelancers? Okay, freelance writing? Yes, like what if doing what you do, how do you suggest someone go about that? If someone's listening and they're like, I want to do this. If you want to go to there, then (laughs) what I would say is, first of all, like most people who do what I do in the social media realm are not writers. Most people who write for social media are people who have degrees in marketing, advertising, PR, or are just a creative in general. Um, But I will say that I think what gives me a lot of competitive edge is that I have a degree in writing. Right. True. Um, And so I think like, Number one is, like, are you witty? Mm-hmm. Are you, like, do you find that, like, when you're writing Instagram captions, like, do your friends come to you and say, like, what do I caption this? Right, okay. Then you might, that might be a sign okay. that, like, you can do this, too. Yeah. Um, so if you think you're witty and you're funny and you have a sharp, like, you've got your finger on the pulse of social media, like, that would be a good place to start. Um, second of all, I would say, like, basically come up with a resume that proves your experience mm-hmm. in both writing and communications and anything else you think is relevant and send your resume and any writing samples that you might have to local digital marketing, advertising, PR agencies all across the country. Okay. More often than not, what happens is these companies will get a big client. Okay. Like for example, like my company has Lulu's. Mm -hmm. Lulu's needs a whole range and whole host of services. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stuff is delegated to the people who are like really important in the company Mm -hmm. and they handle that. But the things that they think are easy to delegate, like, writing a blog, writing a newsletter, writing social media posts. They don't have time to do it. So what they do is they take that budget that they get from the client and they hire what they call like contractors, freelancers. They even call it white labeling. Okay. And they just hire people like me to do that work. I turn it in and they should give to the client. And so that's the majority of the work that I do. That is exactly how it works is I'm given information. I'm given like images. I'm given like topics. I'm given like, you know, this event. For obviously multiple, multiple companies. Does that like get super confusing? Yes. Like who had this hamburger again? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, luckily, like I've got a very organized file system on my Mm -hmm. computer for it, but like it is a lot of, because you know, at any given point I can have from seven to 12 different people that I'm writing for. Okay. That's an interesting fact too. I was like, Mm -hmm. do you have like three or do you have like 15? I can have as many as I can take on. Which is what though? Like realistically, given your life and like that you still want to breathe and work out and like have friends and a girlfriend like Uh, right now like is 10 a happy number or is that like I'm super stressed at my absolute most with not only clients that I was getting from this company but like with some clients that I had just like on my own Mm -hmm. accord I had 15 different accounts were you pulling your hair out or were you okay it was bad okay it was bad I mean I'm one of those people where I can't I don't feel like I can turn down an opportunity or turn down money ever Mm -hmm. And so it it took like me, and it, it was bad. It was bad. I was pushing myself, and I also wasn't doing a great job. Yeah, that's the other thing. You're like, now I don't. I'm not satisfied with any of these mm-hmm. like posts I'm making. Feel that. Yep. So I was like, no. So, so now I have I have fewer now that I would maybe right. like. But that's that's the other nature of freelance. You know, yeah. sometimes it's like all the work Overload, you could possibly yes. want. Other times it's like I wish I could have some more money, uh-huh. please, yeah. more monies. <laughs> Um, so what's a typical day like currently for you then? Oh man, because I'm in a very like slow 
okay. work time. Mm-hmm. It's been very deluxe. Oh, nice. Um, Do go I, into detail. I normally wake up, I go to the gym, I come home, I eat something, I walk my dog, and by that time it's like 9 a.m. ish. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time that I'll get cracking okay. on some work. Um, and do you stay typically at your house? Do you mm-hmm. go somewhere? Okay. I work from my home. Honestly, nine times out of ten, I'm working on the couch. Right. Sh- like at the kitchen table. Like, yeah. I kind of mix it up. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop. Sometimes I'll work from my house. I kind of work like a couple hours. Okay. Crank some stuff out, have lunch, maybe work another hour. Okay. And then I'm done for the day. Okay. Like, I genuinely nice. think I have at least three or four hours of solid work a day. And it's always computer work. Always on okay. my computer. Okay. Always on my computer. Cool. So the good thing about that is that, like, I can, you know, like, if I decide I want to go out of town or, like, go away for the weekend or whatever, I can just bring my... If I have my laptop and internet connection, I'm fully able to work. Yes. Nice. Okay, sweet. Yeah. What are your work from home tips or advice? Because working from home seems really like a cush setup, but it's kind of hard. I think. I think that, okay. So. You sound like you're going to disagree real hard and be like, nope, love it. Wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> I am going to disagree. And that's because, so everybody's different, right? And like, it's kind of almost useless to give someone tips and tricks because it's literally like you don't know how you're going to be exactly. until you do yes. it. Yes, yeah. So what, and you'd really, you really have to have a shit day of working at home to figure out, okay, how do we fix this? That was otherwise, not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise you're just like, okay, I'll work from home. And then yeah. you start and you're like, this sucks. What You know, yeah. like it has to reach some like bad point for you to like come up with yeah. tips and tricks. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of these, like I've been doing it for two years mm-hmm. and you learn yourself. But I, but I really don't think that anything I could say is transmutable in any way. But okay. I will say that like my advice or my tip is that like, when I first started freelancing, I'd read all these articles. Mm-hmm. How to work from home, be efficient, <laughs> yes. yada, yada. And I'm like, great, great. And it was always like, wake up, have a schedule, like, get dressed, sit at a desk. And you're like, like And I was like, um, that's like the, against the entire point of being able to work for myself. This is why, like, yes, like, this is why I don't want a real job. Right, like, yes. the whole point is I don't have to wake up at a certain time and I don't have to get dressed and I don't Very have to, point. like, do Very anything. Very good point, yes. So... I was like, screw that. So I tried to do that, and it made me miserable. Yeah. It made me freaking miserable. I never really thought of it that way. That is a so good So I was like, point. hell no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think that most people have the luxury that I do. But okay. I, but my normal thing is, like, I wake up, and if I'm in the mood to work that day, I'll work. And okay. if I'm not in the mood to work that day, I'm not going to work. Did you ever struggle with feeling really guilty about that, though? Because yes, I did the same course. thing. I'm like, I, I might as well take a break because what I'm producing right now is garbage. Yes. So, like, there's no point. But then I feel so stressed out. I can't take a nap. I can't take a break because I'm like, gotta work, gotta work, gotta work. Yeah. You don't do that anymore? or Honestly, I think, like, maybe in the last couple of months, I've given up. I, I've stopped caring. <laughs> okay. Because what I realized is that, like, me feeling guilty and sitting and staring at my laptop and, and like, slowly it's like negative stuff work. out. It's just It's going stupid. backwards, yeah. It makes me feel not guilty, but it doesn't get things done any faster. Exactly, yeah. And at the end of the day, less stuff is done. Versus True. if I'm just... That's what I mean. Up, You're, like, essentially going backwards with your work yes. if you do that. Yes. So normally, like, like if I wake up and I'm just like, uh, then I'll, like, do the dishes. I'll clean my house a little bit. <laughs> I'll, like, walk the dog. I'll, like, get... I'll take care of some, like, errandy things yeah. that don't require me staring at a computer screen. Okay. And sometimes, 
actually I'll hit like a weird, like I'll do that. And I'm like, well, today's, you know, I give up on today. And then three o'clock will come and, and I'll have like, a random mm-hmm. like burst of energy. Okay. And I'll be excited. And then that I'll gives crank me, out work. Um, hope that that would happen to me too. Cause usually if 3 PM hits and I'm still in the like doo-doo mood, I'm like, all right, it is done. Cause 3 yeah. PM is kind of like 9 PM. Mm-hmm. Like, that's <laughs> you wake up really early though. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. okay. Do you do anything else besides your freelance stuff? I am 100% freelance full time. Okay. I used to occasionally the way we met obviously was I had like a little retail shop job and I liked it I mean honestly like any job that I take that is not freelance is nine times out of ten either a volunteer thing or just to get me out of the house yes I still would consider you kind of like an entrepreneur because you're always like ideating like creating ideas you're helping other people come up with ideas and like anytime I need help with any of my projects I'm always like oh let me add Sydney even if like you might have no idea I just always feel like you're a good person like you you understand those things I also and, like, feel like I'm a good person thank you well, yes, yeah, but like a good person for like entrepreneurial like idea mm-hmm. type tips I don't know you get that kind of stuff so I want to know from you a fellow who I consider entrepreneur what does being an entrepreneur feel like because again a lot of people think it's like a super glamorous thing or People think it's, like, the stupidest thing. Like, it's just some fancy word for, like, oh, you're an entrepreneur, a.k.a. you don't do anything. What does that mean, feel like, to you? Does that make sense? Is that a real question? You asked a real question, but you've made a presumption in your question. That you're an entrepreneur? That I feel like I'm an entrepreneur. I don't. You don't ever? No. And, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. But you've you've come up with projects with people Totally. Yes. You don't feel like that counts as being an entrepreneur? I think maybe the word entrepreneur has a certain connotation that I don't connect with. Okay, then that's what I want to talk about. Because I don't really have a real affinity towards it either. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what else to call what I do. Because an entrepreneur is, isn't that someone who, like, yeah. starts a business from yes. an idea, which is kind of like what I'm doing and, like, you have done before or you've helped other people do before. So, yeah, why don't why don't you like that word then? <laughs> what I, like, my goal has always been, like, with my writing is, like, I've, I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to have employees. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, start a company. Okay. I don't so want to do that. That makes 100% more I want to be, yes. like, I want my job to revolve around me and, like, I want to create good work. <laughs> And surprise, I want to be the boss. Surprise from Leo Sydney. <laughs> I want my job to revolve around me. I want everything to just be about me. No, but you know what? So I also sub like here and there from what I do too. And obviously I used to be a real teacher, like yeah. have my own classroom. And that's what I did not like is like, it wasn't about me ever, you know? <laughs> and, like, when you're subbing, you're just all... Or teaching, you're always on someone else's time clock. Yeah. And I know that sounds super, like, spoiled and bratty. And, like, old people are like, that's what's wrong with millennials. But I'm like, I I just don't function well on someone else's time clock. I, I, I work really hard when I'm on my own yeah. thing, you know? Or when I pick my hours or stuff like that. Like, I get shit done. But okay. mm-hmm. when other people are like, you need to be here from this time to this time and be productive during these hours, I'm like... Like, I automatically am like, my work's gonna suck, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, though, like, and let me be, like, very clear to your audience. Like, <laughs> let me be very clear. I feel very fortunate to have built, like, a reputation for myself and a client base for myself. And that took a lot of hard work. Sure. Like, my parents don't have any connections. I don't, I didn't have an in anywhere. Yeah. Everything I have, I've fought tooth and nail for. Mm-hmm. And let me say this. If this ever tanked for me, if I ever was like, oh shit, like I can't make the bills this month, there is nothing that I would not do to make money. Period. The end. All right. I like There's that. Yeah. Else, like, it's not like, like I'm definitely finicky and I, and you know, I'm like, oh, I work oh, four and, hours a day. Right. Like, yes. Oh, but let me like, let me make it very clear that if push came to shove and if I had to flip burgers, I would flip burgers yes. happily okay. with a smile. Oh yeah, me too. And I, I don't want to say like, I, my schedule, my, you know, it's yes. not like that. It's just like. 
I felt really bad when I learned that about myself, that, like, I function much better not on someone else's timetable. I felt really spoiled realizing that. But to me, I'm like, that's not spoiled. That's just some people need to be told what to do to get Mm -hmm. stuff done. I don't need to be told. I can tell myself what to do. And I'll be like, oh, I'm I'm so mean I have to do it, you know? I hate. I learned that I really struggle. And I've always known this about myself. And I think it's part of what makes me, like, a little bit of, like, a radical. But, like, I absolutely have always hated and questioned authority figures. I hate (laughs) inefficiency. And I hate being micromanaged. Yes. So, guess what? It makes it really difficult Mm -hmm. for me to work for or with anyone. Anyone, yes. Because, so I just don't think I like having a boss... Also, because I don't think most people are good bosses. Yes, that's true, too. Period, the I think end. you're in a really good career field based on that. Yeah. Um, I don't think yourself. I could... I don't think I would willingly... Like I said, no matter what, like, if bills need to be paid, I'm going to hustle them and make it sure, work. Sure, yeah. But willingly, I don't know if I can ever have a boss again. Okay, so Sydney's never going to work for or with anyone ever again. I really like working with people. Okay. Like, I love... Like, Alongside don't get me people, wrong. Yes. Like, my clients, I love. Like, I have some clients right now that are absolutely Well, incredible. clearly you love working with people. You're outgoing and you majored in mass comm. If you didn't want to work with people, like, wrong field, you right, know? Right, right. And so. it's, it's weird because it's very isolating to work for yourself. And that's what I think is so funny about both of us is that like, we're obviously <laughs> such outgoing people, but we both work in such solitude. Yeah. In, like, writing. Is there a more solitary job no. than being a writer? You have have to be alone. Like, and I'm like, I love people, but I'm going to go shut myself in my house for eight hours and write, you know? It's definitely difficult. It's funny. And like, Ryan gets very irritated because, you know, she'll work all week and I've been sitting in the house all week. And so, you know, her job is so people forward. Uh-huh. So she's talking to people day and night for five yes. days. She comes home and she's like, I need... I've used all my words. Yeah, like yeah. she's done. Like she's peopled out. Yeah. But I've been alone with the dog all week. So she comes home and I'm like, Yep. And like, let's go hang out with this person. Let's go do this. Let's go do, like talk to me. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, you're like a oh. puppy that has been pent up for too long. Michael only needs one phone call before he's maxed out. For the day. He's like, I can't talk today. I had to talk on the phone at work. I'm like, yep. you got to talk on the phone for your job and you can't talk to me on the phone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. Great little work section. Now let's get into your fave part. Let's get into some gay stuff, Sydney. Let's do some gay shit. We'll start big and broad here. What the hell does L... Well, it's like, I know what it stands for, but let's go through this LGBTQ thing and tell us if there's any letters we're leaving out. So, that's a great question. It's such an alphabet soup, and it's honestly constantly shifting. So, honestly, I could be missing one. So... That makes me... Honestly, that answer right there makes me feel really good about, like, as a straight person not knowing it, because I, like... I don't know. It feels kind of like you're stupid or like... it's not that I don't support it. I just don't know what it means. Type of yeah. thing, you know, well, so I think for good. a long time it was LGBT. And then in recent years, I've seen it printed as LGBTQIA. Good Lord. Okay. So let's go through all those. Okay. Give me the, give me the lowdown. Give us the lowdown. L is for lesbian. <gasps> what is a lesbian? <laughs> no, Lesbians. Not. Lesbian refers like, to what? women identified people okay. who like to date other women identified people okay. exclusively. Okay. Got okay. it. That's L. G is gay. Yes. Refers to men identified people who date exclusively men identified people. I like this specification. Keep it coming. Okay. Yes. L G okay. B, B is bisexual okay. and it refers to people of any gender presentation okay. who are attracted to their same gender and genders that are different from them. Okay. So by now a lot of people use the word pansexual because it's more inclusive of like the entire gender spectrum and not like just men and women identify okay. people. Um, but that one, that for some reason, we don't have a P. Okay. So, but pan and bi are like kind of the same-ish they're, now. They're becoming... Pan's like a little more inclusive. Right. Okay. I think people are definitely 
started to use pan. I've heard pan a lot more than I've heard bi in recent years. Yes. Um, LGBT T. is for trans. Okay. So tra- a trans person is someone who might have been assigned female at birth, but now chooses to identify as something other than that. Okay. Or assigned male at birth, and now chooses to identify as something other than that. Right. That can be the opposite gender, or it can be no gender at all. Okay, so like someone who was assigned female at birth, but says I don't feel like I identify with female or male. Right. Or like I feel like I identify right. male. All right, while we're on trans, let's go to this question too. Because mm-hmm. we've talked about this, but I'm so confused, and I think a lot of people are. If someone says I'm a trans woman... Does that mean they I, they were born as a female and then identified as no. a male or other way? If Opposite. you were a trans woman, you pr- so currently present present. as a woman, yes. but you were born as a male. Yes. With male, okay. Yes. So, so whatever, say, whatever they're saying about themselves currently, that's how they identify currently. So if someone says I'm a trans man, they're, they identify as a man. Someone who was assigned female at birth and now identifies as male is a trans man. Got it. Whatever the current okay. thing is, that makes sense. that's how they're yes. referring to themselves. All right, I think you got it this time. Okay. All right, Q... Q I is stands for queer or questioning. I didn't know that the questioning was a part questioning of it. Questioning okay. is a part of it. I have my okay. doubts. I have my opinions about whether or not questionings are considered part of the community, but that's just me. Ooh, okay. Um, but, but queer is actually an umbrella term that has become even more popular in recent use. So I would even say like queer's umbrella and LGBT, all that falls underneath the queer umbrella. Okay. So queer is anything. So basically, if you are queer, you are someone who is not heterosexual okay and not cisgendered okay by cisgendered i mean you're not you don't identify as the gender you were assigned at birth okay yeah so if you're either if you're if you neither identify as heterosexual or you don't identify with the gender you were assigned with you are queer okay okay so queer like you said is just the umbrella Right. Right. Well, straight people can be queer technically if they're trans. We'll get into that. Woo! Okay. Let's circle back. Okay, so what was... There was an I and a W? I and an A. A. Okay, why did I say W? I stands for intersex. So that's people who are born with a combination of male and female parts. Okay. They're a very recent addition to the community. And they're they're strong in numbers. And do those people people identify as both or and or or whatever they're feeling that day type thing or does um, that depend often the like like it's it's both like off it's not always that like for example like i mean gender is a construct right but more often than not someone will have a mixed situation but they'll in other ways present entirely female okay. or entirely yes. male okay. so it's really only it's not a gender thing it's, it's a, a biological like thing okay. okay the a stands for asexual okay. slash allies oh so we get to be in it too that's going to come up in a minute. Actually. That'll come so, up. Yeah. Um, my opinion is no. Okay. I, I refer to that letter as asexual. That. I think yeah. it's weird to include allies in that. Um, no other community does that. Same, I don't know I'm why like, we, we do that. We, don't, we can't identify with the struggle, no. so why do we get to be in there? I don't That's know. my thing. Okay. A is asexual, sometimes referred to as ace, and that is a spectrum in and of itself. Some people consider themselves asexual. Some people consider themselves demisexual. There's a What's gray... What's the difference in that and bisexual, though? So that is a... So bisexual determines who you're attracted to. Asexuality refers to how attracted you are in general to anybody. Oh, okay. So just, like, I don't feel any... Any sexual attraction. Whoa. So asexual is, is like... Possible? So bisexual is like, I like both. Asexual is like, <laughs> I don't like anybody. I like nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um... Okay, so then why is this community such a big deal in general, but also to you personally? Okay, so I love this community so much. And I think, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, we're humans. Mm -hmm. And no matter what 
we're into, we're going to find a community around it. Yeah. And that's, like, so important, right? Like, to connect with people who are like you in some way. And yeah. that can be, like, your church community. That's what I mean. I get why communities in yeah. general. So, okay. So that's, I mean, to me, that's really what it is. And it's, you know, specifically, like, queer people and queer spaces mean so much to me because, you know, 90% of the time I'm existing in a world that doesn't really, that I don't really fit into very mm-hmm. well. And, like, I, you know, the language that I use or like, the way that my life is and the kinds of friends that I have, like, often require a lot of explanation or even, like, defense yeah. in the in the real world. Mm-hmm. So being within queer spaces, being around other queer people in the queer community is so magical and perfect because it's, like, I don't have to explain yeah. myself. Yeah. It's, like, people innately get it. They get my situation. They understand we haven't just... You know, I mean, it's it's kind of like, like wait, what's going on? Explain that right. to me. You're like girls, and you're like, oh my god, like it's not that hard to understand, right? You know? Or like, yeah. you know, my friend, you know, for example, is Polly, and she's telling me about like her her partner, and then this other girl she's seeing, and this other person, and like, I don't have to go wait. What is what does that yeah. mean? Is that <laughs> a problem? Like, I don't. It doesn't require yes. the whole thing, and it's a very inclusive and like judgment free zone, and it really strives to be that. And just it's also just like a really progressive, fun community. It means a lot to me. Okay. And the part that I love about being gay and being in the queer community is a playfulness when it comes to gender and roles. Yes. And like yeah, it, yeah. it's all it's not you realize that assigning certain personality traits to women and assigning them to men, or you realize that it's all completely garbage. You it do doesn't make really, any yeah. sense. So once you realize that the whole thing kind of crumbles and you realize that like it's gonna be okay yeah. and that I can have a strong personality and that doesn't make me any less feminine yeah. and that she can be soft and sweet and that doesn't make her any less masculine mm-hmm. and that those personality traits aren't inherently feminine or masculine right true it's all just made up yeah yes good all right okay um so then back to so this is I feel like what got like struck the nerve <laughs> about the LGBTQIA uh-huh. what's an ally and why are you like they did. You know, I mean, like I said, I don't think we should be in either. But like, oh, I'm saying we. Like, I'm assuming I'm an ally. What the hell is an ally? Do That's I count question. as an ally, or like, who is it? Do you have to do something? <sighs> yes, you do have to do something. Okay. I think a lot of people think that allies are anybody who's friends with a gay person who's not gay. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. Anybody who, like, doesn't have a problem with gay people, right. you support them, like, I'm an ally. I would but, say like, that, okay, I would say I don't say go to like, rallies or anything, so do I count? Like, just because, you know, I would... Is this where you tell me I'm not an ally? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know I mean, enough I don't know to know yeah. about you. I mean, like, to me, I think that the bar has been set very low in terms of allyship, and ally now tends to mean anybody who doesn't hate gay people. Yeah. I don't want to be tolerated. Right. I don't think that's an acceptable bar. Like, I don't think you get to call yourself part of the community or an ally if you accept and tolerate me. Right. You, I don't need to be tolerated. I want to be loved no, and embraced. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, that means just being involved and aware of issues facing gay people and doing the emotional labor when gay people aren't around to do it. Okay. Like, so, if people are being shitty... I like that about gay people around you or just are asking questions that's for you to say hey you know what like let's look it up right i like the doing the emotional labor part that makes a lot of sense and i think that that's probably where i slack as someone who i would like to consider myself an ally but i think yeah i mean i would it's educating yourself yes and i'm not good at that Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. i remain ignorant on a lot of issues so Okay, I like that. And why do you think that that's like, er, we ain't included in the acronym? I think like, so your original question phrased it in a certain way. And I want you to read how you originally phrased it. My first one? The one about allies. 
Or maybe it was inclusivity. I don't remember if that was the same We're question. getting to the inclusivity. We're getting to that one? Yes. Okay, well, we I, can go there now if you want to go there. Let's go there. Okay, I think so, it's related. And, yeah, and you did kind of already say, like, you said, it's a very inclusive, non-judgmental community, mm-hmm. and that's, like, ding, like, strikes something in me. Mm-hmm. I would agree that from the outside, it appears to be a very inclusive, like, that's an enticing, like, not like, oh, I want to be gay so I can be in it, but, like that's a cool part of the community to me is that you guys are super like everybody's welcome like jump on board no judgment Mm -hmm. like anything goes here which is kind of like Amsterdam of people you know like it's (laughs) awesome but at the same time as someone who's you know I'm not in the community I don't think because Mm -hmm. I don't think allies or you know people like that are in it so from the outside it does feel a little almost non-inclusive because Mm -hmm. it feels like we are being judged for not knowing or for not standing up for people when I'm like, no, I'm totally in. But like, you feel like if you ask a question, people like gay people get mad if you ask or if you're ignorant. And so what is that? Like I, my answer to you is this. You basically were like, how do I explain the the fact that they're claiming and seem to be very inclusive. Right. But, but sometimes feel exclusive. And obviously it is an exclusive community because there are people who are excluded. If you're not gay, you're not in the community. Sorry, (laughs) I'm going to give you this answer and you might have to swallow a painful truth here. Ooh, okay. The gay community's job is not to be inclusive to straight people. It's to be inclusive. I would never argue and say, I'm not one of those people who's like, I need to be in on it. You know, but my point is too, like, I don't care at all if straight people are offended or feel excluded from what I consider a community that's meant to protect me right. and people like me. No. That is I the would, community's yes. job. That doesn't offend me. That's not to okay. me a hard pill to swallow. I think, and maybe exclusive is the wrong word. It almost feels like, not you, but I like know, sometimes know, know. The, the gay community is like, rude or like they judge us for not knowing stuff totally. and I'm like it, it's just a different thing you know it's no I know what you mean I know what you yeah. mean I think like and my mom has definitely said something to me to that effect which is like I'm scared to say anything I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings how do I educate myself in a way that doesn't hurt people's feelings yeah and I've got so many thoughts on this but number my number one thought like I said is you when don't... when the gay community is seeks to be inclusive that inclusivity is within people of our own community yeah straight people y'all are fine <laughs> no, queer like, yeah. people being weirdly rude to you is never going to keep you from getting a job getting housing yeah like getting married like we don't have that power mm-hmm. so if your feelings are hurt yeah i'm I sorry will. yes but uh, the the penalty of us not being included in your spaces has grave much more grave consequences I would agree. yes so that's number one number two Gay people are really tired. We're, We're tired, tired, y'all. Yeah. We're tired. And and I say that because we have this incredible tool in the internet, mm. right? Yeah. You've got access to all the knowledge, all the discussion points, every explanation. You've got access <laughs> so to So y'all it. tired of explaining. <laughs> kind of, yeah. 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 And I mean, like, I, and I said this in, you know... I've talked to someone about this recently, and I said, if you ask a question in a respectful way, I don't think there is anybody on this earth who's going to come at you negative. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. If you And if you come from a point of like, look, I don't understand this. True. Can you help me understand yeah. this? Then they, someone, it's not, but it's also not someone's job to educate you. Yeah. It isn't. It is, there are times when sure. I'm in a mood to explain and go into great detail, and there's other times that I'm like, look it up. Google it. Okay, so that's going to conclude our the questions that I told Sydney about. These are the questions <laughs> I did not tell Sydney oh, about. God. So, number one. Uh, is the word dyke offensive? I think the public needs to know this because we think it's offensive. Yeah, you can't but say it. You guys, okay, so it's like, okay. <laughs> it's like the N-word. Oh. You okay. can't say it unless you are one. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, not even in joking, like... 
my friend Sydney's a dyke. No, I can't say no. that. No. Okay. See, didn't that, didn't that feel it bad? It does. I wouldn't say it, mm-hmm. but I never know, like, okay, well, is this offensive? Like, like I think I think it's very much one of those words where it has definitely been slung at people over the years in a really mean yeah. and, like, negative way. And like, But is there a nice way to use it? Like, if you don't sling it, can you use it? Or is it still, like, you said, only I can say only it? Only I can say it. Okay. But also, like, my Instagram handle is Dyke to Watch Out For. Exactly. You so can that's say what, that. Okay. You I can, can call that. you Dyke to Watch Out For. You can say that, yes. Okay. Okay, so it's a term that you can call yourself, but if I said in passing, like, oh, yeah, she's like, that would be weird? That would be really weird. Yeah. I, it's not the worst of words to use. I would caution everybody to avoid it. <laughs> okay. Because it, because it really has been a word that has been used to really, like, demean and hurt people. Right, okay. And it has a really Kind of like know your audience type of thing. Know your audience. Okay, yes. Know your audience on that one. Um, all right, so my next one then is, is that's gay really offensive to gay people? If you think, if if you and I were hanging out and I said that was so gay, would you be like fuck you, Emily? Or no, because I think like no one. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a twelve year old, and so I don't use right. that phrase very often. But if someone okay, so if you're at Dad Dog and you hear <laughs> a stranger like a frat guy say like, man, that was so gay, that's I'm offended. But is it because he's a frat guy or yes. because he said that's gay? Well, because here's the thing. Like, me and my friends will be like, oh, my God, that's gay. Okay. But when we say that, we literally mean exactly. gay. Exactly. Okay, so in that context, like, obviously it is it's not offensive. Gay. But if someone calls something stupid, and they yes. like, oh, she's... Well, I don't even know how people use it. I'm now, more offended like, because of how... How what a lack of creativity it, it displays. <laughs> okay. Like, can you not think of a better, more, yeah. more appropriate word for that scenario? Yeah. Um, I just always wonder, like... And I hate the I hate the congruency people try to make with like, well, I wouldn't be offended if someone said, well, that's straight. And I'm like, it's not the same. We ain't suffering the same stuff. So exactly. I don't I don't think it, that's the comparison. No. But if if some and if particularly like if a straight man were to be like, that's gay, I would be I'm like, not, you're an idiot. Okay. And let me tell you about yourself because they're not coming from an educated place yes. where they know gay people and they're like in on the joke. Okay. They're coming from not that place. Speaking of straight men, you often express to me <laughs> and others openly that you hate white males. I is hate this, white straight males. Yes. You hate white straight males. Mm-hmm. Is this accurate through and through or is this a Sydney statement? <laughs> Because my boyfriend is my favorite white straight male mm-hmm. on the planet, aside from my dad and my brother. But if you hated him, we couldn't be friends. So, like, do you hate all white straight males? If so, why? Or is oh, that just I've a Sydneyism? Got, I've got so many great things to say about Yes! This. Let him out. I want to say this. I think that white straight men have a lot of work to do. And all yes, of them. Every single okay. one of them. Okay. Every single one of them. Okay. And they could be the nicest, sweetest guy. But what can you expand on what you mean by them having work to do? They have work to do. The work I mean is as a white straight man, you have access to so much. You have so much privilege. And whether or not you think you have privilege, you do. You you move about the world mm-hmm. in a very safe way. People look at you. I would agree that even things. as a woman. Like even exactly. just looking at male to female, yes. Even, exactly. I mean black, white, male, female, the top of the food chain is a white straight man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and so by the work to do, I mean and not like acknowledging that privilege and not just acknowledging it and saying like, yikes, I'm privileged, can't do anything about it. Using that privilege to bring people up with you. And you think there are no white straight males doing that on the they planet? They all currently. have work to do, is what I'm saying. And you're saying, but do you mean that like as them as an individual or like because their community is still so Every far single one of them. Okay. Because they play a role in that community. Yes. Okay. And and it's, again, like it's not about demonizing people for something that they that they can't help. We are all born with privileges that we cannot help. But mm-hmm. it is your responsibility when you have a privilege, when you have something, to fix it. 
and to turn it around for other people who aren't mm-hmm. in that position. So, for example, like, when dudes are like, well, what can I do? I'm like, there is so much you can do. Mm-hmm. When your dudes are being shitty, call them out. Yeah. When you see a drunk girl sitting on the side of the road by herself, call her a fucking cab. Yeah. Like, there, like when your bro is accused of being creepy, maybe don't immediately defend him. Yeah. Maybe believe the women in your life when they say that your dude's being okay. gross. Okay. Like, every man can do something within their own little world. They don't have to go march, yeah. but, like, you have a lot of work to do. You, yes. have, you have to educate yourself. I like that answer. And you have to... Makes me feel better about you hating white straight males. I want... What I tell everybody is that, like, I start most people high up. Yeah. Meaning, I meet most people and I have high expectations and I'm excited to meet them and I, I think the best of people. Yeah. Not for straight white men. Okay. Straight white men start... Like, gotta prove themselves and to And they have to prove themselves okay. to me. Nice. Um, most people... In the LGBTQ community that I meet are very highly opinionated, mm-hmm. very well informed on politics, all that. But do you think that that's an accurate statement that like that community is typically way more liberal? Obviously, they're going to be more liberal than conservative. One hundred percent, yes. Okay, and and I will tell you that like there are people that I know, okay, who identify as gay, both men and women, who would consider themselves conservative Republicans. Okay, very confusing. Yeah, and, and those people but- are not my like. I don't hang out. I won't talk to you. Mm-hmm. I will not even entertain that. Okay. That is so ignorant and beyond understandable to me that you can claim Because to be, they are gay and or lesbian and are conservative or because they're conservatives? Because like, they're gay and lesbian and conservatives. Obviously, you're with people with different political right. opinions. Right. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Loosely. Again. Well, I was just making sure. Again, because that touches on the, we're an inclusive, non-judgmental community, yet you guys are like, fuck white males. We yeah. don't like Republicans. So I'm like, where's the inclusivity the now? The inclusivity is with gay people, again. again. Okay. The inclusivity is, I'm, It's again. not general inclusivity. No. Okay. I don't, we have no, we have no reason to include people that could hurt us and have consistently put our community at risk. Okay. Right? Like, why would, why no, would we trust... No, and I would agree with that. It's just, it's an interesting <laughs> paradox for a yeah. community to have. You know, I, I, I don't judge the community mm-hmm. for that. I just am like... That comes out as interesting to me it, to note. You have to realize the history of every marginalized community to understand why people would put those those walls up. You know, think about yeah. the vulnerable position that so many of these people are in, and like that's the thing is it's it's a vulnerability and people keeping people out to avoid being hurt and to protect themselves truly to protect themselves yeah i i understand it coming from that point i guess the devil's advocate in me you know it's again like obviously love you not trying to be like you're wrong but the devil's advocate in me is like if you know what it feels like to be put down to be hurt and all that why would you want to you know do that to somebody else or like you've understood what it's like to be on the outside so why would you want to purposely put someone else on the outside and you said earlier like we're humans we're just people so are those people who believe differently than you so like how are you gonna because it's a power it's a power dynamics okay you can't you can't just say well we're all people because some of those people have way more power than other people you know people who are in political power have a lot of power to take my rights away they can my friends who have adopted kids they can screw up their entire lives people who are undocumented immigrants can screw up their entire lives Mm -hmm. so like to say that, like, we need to welcome those people in with open arms. Not even welcome them, but, like, not Or to hear them, them out. Yeah. I'm not hearing you out if you okay. don't believe I have a right to exist. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And if, and no, if, for sure. If it goes that far. Yeah. What about people who are just, like, not like you don't need to exist, but, like, I don't want to acknowledge your gayness, if that's even a thing? Like, yeah. I, still those people, like... Not welcome. Yeah. No. Okay. Absolutely not. I have nothing to hear from them and nothing to say to them, and I, I like don't... that about you. I like that it's that strong. You know, I think that that's honestly one of the perks of the community too is like nope these are the lines you know like you're in or you're out type of thing it's you're not, not, it's not I'm like not a, willing to hear arguments that yeah. are proving my humanity or not yeah 
And and again, it's like it's always the like you can you can punch up, but you can't punch down. Mm-hmm. So you have to always take into consideration where where the power lies and the people who are in power. I don't feel bad about excluding them. Okay. They're going to be fine. Yes. Okay. Again, I like that. All right. Another, is this offensive or not question? I think we <laughs> have two more. That, I think, honestly, that's where a lot of the confusion lies is like everybody's trying to tiptoe around all this yeah. gay stuff. They're like, she's gay. Like whispering that someone's yeah. gay. And I'm like, right. I don't know. Okay. The, other, the, the real question though is lesbians can call each other, or is this true that lesbians can call each other femme and butch, but outsiders can't? Or like if I said about you and Ryan, like she's femme, you're butch, whatever. Is that okay, or is it like, no, only we get to make those judgment calls? Or like if me and my sister, both straight females, are talking about a lady we saw and we're like, she was really butch. Is that a mean thing to say? No, not at all. Okay. I don't think at all. I think... We feel mean saying that, but I'm like, is that mean? I think like... uh, No, I don't think butch and femme are offensive. I think that butch and femme are exclusively like lesbian queer identities. In, in, like, when gay people are saying, like, butcher fam, they don't, they're, they're not only talking, talking about, about personality, it's presentation. Okay, okay. So, like, technically, which is hysterical to me, because I've never really felt girly, but I definitely fall on the femme side of the lesbian spectrum. Yeah. Ryan is very much considers herself and loves the term soft butch. Okay. She, she fits that Soft butch. So, like, there's an entire spectrum. And, but, like, here's the thing. You might see a girl in lipstick, the highest heels, the tightest skirt, etc. Her, so She might just be, like, a complete top. You might see the hardest of butches, the stone, okay. the stonest of stone butches. But I think maybe that's why I assume you're the butch. <laughs> I, I'm Because I honestly, feel like you're bossier tickled. than Ryan. Like, I might be, but, again, that's not what it's based I on. I like, love this dynamic. Like, who I has love the, it like, more. Who has the thousands of dollars of makeup collection? Like, it's me. But that's why I said you just overlap. I mean, yeah. All right, so are there any lesbian stereotypes that do offend you? Um. What would be offensive? Okay, I, I really hate when people ask who's the boy and who's the girl. Oh. Because the whole point is that we're both girls. We're both women yes. is the thing. Yeah. Um, that one bothers me. To say I'm offended by it, I just think it's ignorant. Yeah. It's, it just It shows a lack of understanding. Okay. And it's like, I don't have four years to explain to you why that question is dumb. But no, it's a good point because I think naively when I was little, I would like think things like mm-hmm. that. Like, well, which one's the boy and which one's the right. girl when you don't really understand mm-hmm. like what gayness is. Yeah. But when I was asking, I was like, who has the more male qualities? Because I think for any efficient, successful, like fun relationship, the female male things are there. There has to be some polarity in that to me. And even if it. I but do you ever think that both of those things do need to exist in a relationship, but why even gender them? Yeah, okay. So, right? maybe, so like, if you're saying the someone then. needs to be. If you're saying yeah. someone needs to be a provider and protector and someone needs to be protected. No, that's what I say. So we can remove the yeah, we can right. remove the. But that's what I want to. But words. that's what I think. That's a lesson that I think that straight people can take from gay people is these these concepts of what's yeah. soft and oh, hard sure. and feminine and masculine and what makes me a woman, what makes him a, like you're right. Those things are necessary. And, yeah. and, and and you're right because that's a match, right? Like mm-hmm. someone who does this yes. and the other the person puzzle who has to that. fit together the somehow. Has to fit yeah. together. But those things are valuable in any friendship and any relationship, and it doesn't have to be yeah. a man I'm, I'm, having a feminine okay trait the, yeah. or a woman having a masculine or women behaving. It's all, again, So then would arbitrary. you say that the terms, like, masculine and feminine kind of, like, eh, make you... Like, are they you just, a little... They're just... They're, they're just arbitrary. They're arbitrary. Not, yes. they're, invi- they're invented words that we use, and they don't mean anything. I mean, if you realize that gender is a social construct, then what is masculine? Yeah. It's just a series of traits that we've assigned to men. I think that's really interesting and something that, like, definitely straight people need to listen more to and, like, just educate themselves more on, you know? Totally. That's interesting. Yeah.
coming, Sid, and sitting in my papa's on in my super professional reporting studio. I love it.